for the day during this Christmas season. Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Well, now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. The Lord be with you. Our scripture readings for the day are first is from Isaiah in the 52nd chapter. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy, for eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is the word of our Lord. The epistle reading today from the letter to the Hebrews in the first chapter. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. This is the word of our Lord. I invite you to rise and honor the gospel from John's gospel, the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light 
which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. And well, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done to gather us together around your word where you continue to speak your word into our lives, where you continue to bring us life and forgiveness through Christ. We pray that you would work by your Holy Spirit. Remove distractions from our hearts and minds and let us rest ever in the promise of Christ. And in his name we pray, amen. Christmas morning is always a beautiful, wonderful morning. And as we remember last night, this beautiful gift that was given as God had prophesied the coming of a Messiah, he had given a certain name, right? As Isaiah had spoken several hundred years before Jesus, the virgin would conceive and bear a son and they would call his name Emmanuel, right? God with us. So nicely translated for so we would know what that means. But this gift that would be given at some point in time would be God with us. Man. Think about that for a second. All the times throughout creation that God had been present with his creation. Now, in the beginning, God was present, right? Even here from John in his gospel today, the word was in the beginning. The word was with God and the word was God. Not anything was made through him that was not made. He was there in the beginning. So you've got God the Father there. You've got the word there. And as you read through Genesis, you even see the Spirit hovering over the waters. God in his beautiful trinity there at creation, present as everything came into being and formed. And then by the end of it all, God present right there with Adam and Eve, calling everything very good and resting. God walking in his creation. A lot of years go by. Things break apart. God comes back in. But see, God present in his creation at that point, there was a bit of judgment. There was mercy too, eight souls in all as Noah and his family got upon that ark, yet a judgment upon the world for sin. Flood resides, land becomes visible again. God comes back down to Abraham and to uh, the whole lineage after that, speaking through the prophets and speaking through the people and there and present at different times. And then as he shows up with Moses in this burning bush, God present again, yet still kind of hard to tell, but the word is there. Moses knows he's in a holy place led by God to then bring people out of Egypt, walking through the wilderness, God present with his people. Leads him to Mount Sinai again, kind of a scary vision of God. 
a mountain enveloped in smoke and thunder and lightning and different things that are going on, so much so that the people were afraid to go up to the mountain and would only look at Moses and say, you go up there, dude. We don't want to go up there. That is a scary spot. You see, God presents in the middle of his creation when there's sin involved. That's not a place that we actually belong in the presence of God as sinners. There's nothing unholy that should be in the presence of something that is holy. And so when the holy presence of God comes into a broken creation, it should set us a little bit at... I can't make my sentence right. It should make us a little fearful. It should bring some uneasiness about something we can't quite wrap our head around when this holy God comes into his creation. Yet, he comes into the midst of it with Moses there and speaks his words necessary to him, goes back down from that time and then leads the people still by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night as they see this presence of God continuing to walk around with them. And yet, in the back of their minds, there's still this prophecy from Isaiah. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Call his name Emmanuel. Last night, we hear of those verses in Matthew's gospel where we see that prophecy fulfilled. An angel comes to Mary and then to Joseph and says, Mary's telling the truth. This child is of the Holy Spirit. Take Mary as your wife, Joseph, and as that baby is born, you will call his name Jesus because he is here to save his people from their sins. He's God with us and he's here for forgiveness. You see, God had walked around with his people before in kind of a different way. Whether it was in the garden, or whether it was in the pillars of cloud and fire, or whether it was in the tabernacle with Moses, God was present with his people, but it looked very different. In fact, it was kind of static. It was a place, it was a spot where they could locate God and see his glory to some extent. And then it was the temple. In the Holy of Holies, where only one person per year would go up and offer prayers on behalf of the people before the presence of God, yet God was there in those places. But now we hear from John something a little bit different. We hear of that very same God, that very same Word, that Word that was there to create everything and bring everything into being, that Word that is the light and life of men, that Word now became flesh and dwelt among us, walked around, tabernacled, spent time with, dwelled with his people. Think about that for a minute. I mean, the, the images that we have of the birth of Christ are beautiful. They're shaped by Scripture. We get to see the angels coming in and singing to the shepherds. We think of the shepherds running into Bethlehem and the uh, busyness that was going on there during the census, during Quirinius, you know, and all those times of things going on as people were being counted. We think of the worry and kind of the chaos of Mary coming in pregnant and needing a place to birth a baby, and they're not being a generally suitable place, but there's space where the animals are kept under the house, manger spot. And then we see a lot of that shaped by song, artwork, and everything looks so peaceful and beautiful. I wonder though, was it? 
you've mostly heard of how babies come to be. There's some pain. There's some anguish. It's not always silent. Silent night? No, maybe not. Maybe if the baby was resting afterwards, but I can guarantee you in the, ev- in the bits of everything that were going on for Joseph and Mary, as soon as that baby was born, I can guarantee you, Mary was tired. Joseph was trying to figure out how to protect, how to provide, how to do all the things that he was called in to do as husband and now stepfather of this baby, this adoptive baby of his that he knows isn't his child, but is God's child alone, that he gets to name because the angel said so, but he knows that he's got to be there to take care of things. I have a feeling the night looked pretty much normal. No glowing halo around Jesus' head. No well-prepared Mary sitting, waiting for shepherds to come by. But there, tired as a mother, having just given birth, probably relaxing somewhere in the corner with a baby asleep on her breast, just enjoying the moment of life, enjoying the moment of a baby coming into the world. And then just imagine the next day, having received this beautiful gift that's been prophesied for so long and announced by the angels the next day, you know what? The baby still needed to be fed, the diapers needed to be changed, food needed to happen, breakfast needed to come along, and it feels a little bit like a Christmas morning when all the gifts are unwrapped and put in their places, and all of a sudden it's just like the day before. Sometimes it's hard for that joy to carry on from moment to moment and day to day. Yet as Mary and Joseph continue to grow as a family, that baby, this perfect Jesus, This perfect Son of God, the Word that was made flesh, God now present with His people to walk around in a way that He never really quite had before. You see, when God was around before, we always saw God in His glory. Yet now, God wrapped in flesh, looking just like you, like me, bleeding, hungry, tired learning how to walk as an infant, learning how to talk, learning how to swing a hammer from his dad. All these regular, mundane, everyday things are exactly what Jesus walked in. The God who created everything, learning how to build a door with his dad, learning how to carve stone, learning how to make a bench, learning how to see how mom makes bread, These beautiful, wonderful, simple things of life. It's exactly where Jesus walked. This word that walked around. Hard times in life come when we try to live and walk by our own word. A lot of times. More often than not, if you were to be left to your own, without any guidance from God, without any guidance from Scripture, without any of those things, and left to your own, desires and your own wants more often than not we use our words in a way that are self-beneficial we use our words in a way that sometimes we have to say sorry for afterwards and we wish we could pull those words out of the air and put them back in our own mouths because we know as soon as we say them they're going to land in a way that hurts they're going to land in a way of judgment they're going to land in a way that we know might break somebody else down yet at times we still say them It's a sinful word. It's a hurtful word. 
And we don't always say them that way. Sometimes there might be something within us that holds those words back, but they still slip out, or they're still thought about, or we still dwell upon them, and they kind of fester within us at times and change our attitudes. But see, this word, this word that was there at the beginning, lived in all of those situations, all those moments where we might speak a wrong word, he would speak just the right word. He would live in all of those moments that you walk through to redeem them. He would come as an infant, blessing the womb of his mother so that we would see what it looked like for perfection to be born, so that we would see what it looked like for infancy to happen, so that we would see what it looked like for adolescence to be handled by a perfect word of God, so we would see this blessed family relationship strengthened, so that we would see what adulthood looked like, so that we would see what friendship looked like as this word who dwelt among us walked in all of those areas of life to redeem them, to do them in the ways that we cannot, but to do them perfectly so that we would see what it would look like to respond with grace and mercy in the most horrific situations. When people are reviling him, when people are ready to throw rocks, when people are ready to throw a crossbeam across his shoulders and hang him for crimes that he didn't commit so that he would be there as an innocent one in the place of your sins. In the place where we would deserve God's judgment, he stands there perfectly, the word hanging in front of his people. For us to look up at, for us to see, so that as we see him laying in a manger, and the joy that that brings to see Jesus born in the midst of the most normal things of life, to know that that word was then going to hang in our place on the cross, to die in our place, but then also to rise again in a way that you would not be able to on your own. For the darkness could not overcome the light, this word that is the light, and that light is the life of men, that life that comes out of the darkness of the tomb to walk again amongst his creation and then to walk and continue to speak and give of that grace and mercy as his word is full of grace and truth. And that truth is that he has risen for you, that he was born for you, that he died for you, and that he has risen for you so that you would have life, his life, his perfect righteousness and obedience to the Father handed over to you as a free gift, something that you don't get to do anything with, but that he has done to you, that he has done for you, so that you would have life with the promise of being able to walk around once again with that word. When Christ comes again as now he's seated at the right hand of the Father and works by his spirit in your life to fill you with his word so that his word continues to walk around in his body, the church, you all. Filled with the word of God to be able to speak a word into another's life that brings that same light, that brings that same joy, that brings that same grace, that brings that same forgiveness. To fill their life with that same light and grace and truth that Christ himself would have spoken. But now he speaks through you so that more would hear 
of all of his works done for his creation, to bring it back to the Father and present it to him as a gift so that when Christ comes back again and that word comes to walk around, there will be judgment. But for you, you've been judged, righteous on account of Christ, made so in your baptism, strengthened by the Spirit, held on to in faith. We look forward to that day where we get to walk around with that very same word once again. Christ will come back into the midst of his creation, walk around in it, and be in the presence of God for eternity. What a joyous day that'll be when there will be no more darkness at all and only light. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done to bring light into a broken and dark world. And in the middle of the dark night in Bethlehem, a light did shine in Christ. And that in all the moments of life where we struggle, we can know that Christ walked through them all, blessing all of them with his perfect presence. We pray that you would also hold on to us in the faith that you have given us to trust in your work done for us in Christ, that we would not doubt our salvation, but see that he has won it for us perfectly and handed it over to us freely. In Christ alone, we rest and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to rise as you...